0: everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. This is Josh. It is the new year. It is January 2018, January 3rd, and I'm here with Anya. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a unexpected podcast opportunity because I was working last night and then happened to look at the schedule and you had no candy bar person. So mm-hmm. I came in, <laughs> and so you didn't have to do two things. But while I was here, I was like, well, let's knock off a podcast. I was going to do one maybe later on with Andrew tonight, but because I'm here now, i got to do other things later, and I don't want to come back later. So <laughs> that's is good when you have a few different co-host possibilities. It could be yourself <laughs> or Lee or Andrew or Sam from Rocky Horror, or I've done one with the, uh, the Targ guys. It makes it yes. a little bit easier to... <laughs> actually knock one of these off once a week so you haven't been on this for a while
1: no i do still work here just not as often
0: but yeah because yeah. you have another job and you have school school yeah film related what film stuff are you doing now for school
1: so actually i have my syllabus right under your computer oh
0: syllabus Hang lifting the computer and it's
1: actually an english course so i can actually describe it all without having to translate in my head so it's uh cinema nation and identity so it's the official course description is this course gives a critical study of the interface between national contexts economic social cultural and ideological i don't know if that's how you pronounce it And film productions globalization world cinemas transnationalism and cultural hybridity in a context of domination of hollywood cinema several periods and national cinemas will also be examined
0: that's a lot of big words yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Frenchie in me is like, Ugh. So, in layman's terms, are you, what are you. You're watching movies, you're writing stuff about movies, you're.
1: Yeah, so it seems actually like an interesting course. The first one is Nosferatu, oh, and cool. it says counterpoints. So I think we're going to be watching movies and seeing, like, comparisons. So, there's Nosferatu, and then there's The Gollum, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde. Then there's The Passion of John of Arc. John, John of Arc. Sorry, I'm. Forgetting. Joan of Arc. Joan yeah. of Arc. King Kong, Shadow of a Doubt. Oh, this is
0: cool. So you can, I mean, we've screened a lot of these movies. Yeah. <laughs> we've like, screened uh, Nosferatu last Halloween.
1: Rabid Stalker, Wings of Desire, another one that I can't pronounce. Girl walks home alone at night. Oh wow, that's a and weird like, jump. The counterpoints, like it's a lot of the ones that I really like, like Abu or Breathless in English. And then there's Night of the Living Dead, Carrie, Solaris, 2001: A Space Odyssey, The Shining. Anyway. Nanuka, of the North also, which is going to be interesting.
0: Do you watch these at the class, or do they leave it to you guys to watch it?
1: Oh, okay. heck no, because that would be the easiest course ever. Yeah. So I usually have to do about nine hours of work per film class. Usually, it's, depending on the prof, it's between three and six hours of movie watching, but also text to read. So... People think that film courses are so easy and I just like listening to other people in the course being like, what the heck? How did I get a B? This is BS. And I'm like, yeah, well, (laughs) now they like have more respect for film students because they realize it's not just coming into class, watching a movie, answering, you know, simple questions.
0: It's interesting because like the death of the video store, video stores must have done great if they were near a school that taught film. And they were smart enough to stock their shelves accordingly. Yeah. Because I remember a million years ago when I was in film school, same as you, like we had a, a list of movies to watch and everything. But this was the day pre streaming, pre Netflix. Yeah. And it was the video store world still. So every once in a while, you know, if it was Citizen Kane, everyone had that. If it was The Godfather, everyone had that. But every once in a while, a weird one would come up and it was hard to find. <laughs> and you'd be scouring the city and phoning yeah. half a dozen, a dozen different video stores do you have this weird foreign film, and yeah. you find it and you have to, you know, bust 45 minutes out of your way. It was really... It's the biggest old man thing I have, is that nowadays, with exception, there's still movies that are hard to track down, you can probably go onto some streaming thing and find it.
1: Yeah. Well, like, for most courses, what they do is they have the videos on reserve at the school's library. Oh, that's good. And I've never actually done it because... I think you have to watch it on the school, in the school library. So I don't really want to watch this movie in a library surrounded by people, you know, like it's especially movies where it's a lot of escapism. So what I do is I try to find it on my own. But that means like, you know, I'll go on iTunes or uh, YouTube, Google Play to try to rent it out. But a lot of these movies are so obscure that they don't have it on there, and the Ottawa Library doesn't have them, and Man. on the streaming devices like Canopy, which the university yeah. pays for, sometimes they don't even have it. But weirdly enough, the only place in Ottawa, especially when I had a, my British cinema course, it was movies and stuff that has a huge repertoire of British films. So right. I found all of these obscure movies that no one really talks about, movies and stuff. So And That's it's good. like Ottawa's last remaining movie rental store, so...
0: Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, despite us being a movie theater, of course, we're all nerds here. And so, yeah. like, we grew up on the video stores. And and it is, like, it's a dying breed. I'm so surprised that in the Glebe, Glebe video still exists, And that's yeah. a tiny little store. But, like, in the past few years, whether it be the chains, like, Blockbuster and Rogers Video went away. Yeah. But then Elgin Video and there was a number of video stores around here, just right down the street after West Coast Video burned down. They never built that back up. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting now that there must be a point where you're like, we can't find this. <laughs> like, yeah, does that ever come up where you have to be like, we can't find this?
1: That was those like British movies. The British ones, like, yeah. you could watch it on campus, but like, other right. than that, like, I tried iTunes, I tried Google Play, YouTube, I tried all sorts of different things. Could not find it anywhere online. And I even, I'm sorry, but I tried to look for it illegally, right. and I couldn't even do that. Like, it was just so difficult so I had to go to I finally called up this movie store and I was like do you have this and they were like yep and I was like wow (laughs) as if
0: yeah I nostalgically hang on to a bunch of VHS tapes
1: oh yes for sure
0: and that's why and I could take those VHS tapes which and I actually could because a friend of mine two Christmases ago bought me a device that's real for dummies plug and play where I can plug it into the VCR plug it into my laptop and transfer them make them digital has to happen in real time because of the analog VHS technology. Because I have some, and you know, a lot of it's not classics, but it's some old bad horror movies or some yeah. TV stuff. Or I even have a couple of Star Wars behind-the-scenes specials. Ooh, yeah. And those haven't even popped up on Blu-rays or anything yet. And I have one, and it's hosted by <laughs> Billy D. Williams. It's for Return of the Jedi. And if I remember correctly, it was one of those things where I sent off cereal box tops or... <laughs> action figure proof of purchases yeah, and it was like send in five action figure proof of purchases and get this vhs special hosted by billy d williams it was something like that but that hasn't (laughs) popped up anywhere and i have it on vhs
1: that's amazing
0: so yeah it's illogical there's a couple of books like kind of coffee table style books and all it is is these vhs movies that never hit television distribution got lost theatrical distribution never made it on dvd and they're gone and a lot of them are trash but they're fun trash but you can't find them anywhere and there's even lists on you can look them up online of movies not available and some of them are people you would recognize like old elvis movies or john wayne movies yeah so yeah so it's interesting now that despite this age of everything at our fingertips everything's still not quite at our fingertips
1: yeah well it's especially another reason was because like it was not available in my country so it's not available in Canada but maybe these big British movies are available yeah the UK so like I think that was another challenge and I don't know how to change VPNs and I'm not very knowledgeable in that so yeah even
0: I got my mom a bunch of British comedy and by mistake a couple of discs were not universal or we're not Um, region whatever we are yeah so she's on the lookout now we're gonna get her like one of the... A, a
1: region-free yeah, DVD? Yeah.
0: Which I don't think cost a fortune nowadays. I okay. think once upon a time they were like $500, but I think now they're just... As DVD and Blu-ray is slowly dying away, I think it's... I'm not an expert, but I think this is it. Like, I don't think there's going to be a red ray or a purple ray. Yeah. I think, I this, think is this is it. This is it, yeah. And... The only way Blu-rays are being made, like I bought some on Boxing Day sale, I won't pay more than eight or nine dollars for a Blu-ray. Yeah. Whereas once upon a time, nineteen ninety-nine would have seemed on sale. Yeah. So the only people I think buying them are either super collectors if it's like a fancy thing, or because they're cheap. Yeah. So there's no kind of middle ground, and I'm so cheap that I'm like, oh, oh, fourteen ninety-nine. I'll hold out. <laughs> you know, yeah. ten ninety-nine. I'll probably get cheaper. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, when HMV closed, I, like, cleared their shelves. And I yeah. had forgotten that I did that. And then the other day I was going through boxes because, like, even though I moved six months ago, I'm still slowly undoing the boxes. And I opened up a box and I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got, like, 50 yeah. Blu-rays in here. <laughs> and they're all unopened. And I was like, this is great.
0: I bought four Blu-rays at, like, 7.99 each on the on a Boxing Day sale. Yeah. And once upon a time, those would have been all 24.95 or something. So yeah. Yeah, and and it's funny, uh, a little while ago, we had a a birthday party in here, and kids love going up in the box, not the box office, sorry, in the projection booth. So this really nice little kid, and he must have been five, wanted to go up and look. So him and a bunch of his little friends came up with their parents and took a quick look around, and it's hard enough trying to explain how a film projector or a digital projector works to a (laughs) grown-up, so trying it to a kid... And I kind of used like a flip book analogy where like film is kind of like a flip book if you go through and you can see the pictures. But we had played whatever on Blu-ray for them, like the Peanuts movie or something. And I said, see, this is what you watch today at your private screening. And he was smart enough to look at it and go, oh, so you put that into something and then that goes up on the screen. And I said, yeah. And then I realized he had no concept of physical media. He had no concept of asking for a dvd for christmas because to him it was all netflix that's all he knew Oh my goodness. so that made me feel extra old
1: i feel ancient now. yeah <laughs> there was like i saw a post online about like songs that are turning 10 this year there's like hot and cold from Katy perry oh yeah there's all of these pussycat doll songs and i'm like oh my gosh i am now a dinosaur i was like <laughs>
0: to speak of something that we still have in rotation as we speak and it's going away pretty soon but ladybird made me feel old because it takes place in i think 2002 or 2003 so you know over a decade ago 15 years ago and some of the music playing in it like there was a justin timberlake song and my brain doesn't equate justin timberlake solo artist as being 15 years old which means (laughs) justin timberlake boy band is 20 years old and i leaned over to gwen and kind of jokingly went like oh they made a mistake this can't be that old and it is. <laughs> oh, my. So, like, I don't know how old... Je- I guess maybe he's, like, late... Is he late 30s already? Because if he was a teenage boy band, if he was, like, 16 in there, so... Oh. But, yeah, that made me feel old Is in Ladybird, just the slightly retro music in that.
1: Yeah, uh, in 2002, I would have been five years old.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I'm old. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, you're really the last rung of physical media, by the time you have kids, they won't know what the hell... They won't the know hell... what a
2: DVD
1: is. No. But do you know what's really terrifying? This year, yeah. people born in the year 2000 are becoming adults. Oh, and it's man. Like...
0: Well, I was confused. <laughs> I'm a weird age because I am not Generation X. I'm a little younger than Generation X. And I'm not millennial. And I don't know what my name is. I don't know what my...
1: I read an article about that one day. And it was like it's their I forget the name of it, but there's this other name for this generation that's the in between. That's me, yeah. Where it was like they had access to the internet in their twenties or something like that.
0: That's correct, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like the weird generation where like they were young enough to understand technology. Yeah. And they were the first ones to do like instant messaging online and all of that kind of stuff.
0: Because what I always remember is when I was in high school, the show Friends came on and friends was the tame network version of generation x and at around the same time there was a bunch of movies like suburbia and clerks and generation x or gen x which were all people in their 20s so a little bit older than me yeah and but the millennial is younger than me so i'm i'm somewhere <laughs> in the me. middle there people always yeah. call me generation x i'm like no 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 i'm no, not no. i'm not quite that old i'm like yeah. 10 years younger than that yeah but yeah, I got a dumb. It's a dumb name. It's like yeah, it's generation in between or it's some generation Y. It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah,
1: there's yeah, there's another name for it. But yeah, it's the in between.
0: But which is always nice when people have for years thought it was the death of cinema. And what is very nice, and all I could speak of is the Mayfair point of view, is that we're doing pretty good and we mm-hmm. can always do better. I mean, as we speak, we're showing Nutjob two and there's like fifteen people in there. Yeah. But Disaster Artist, Lady Bird. The Room, a bunch of stuff we've been playing lately has done gangbusters. And although the older movies are harder to sell, unfortunately, people always request them. But I don't think any of our... Besides for Die Hard, none of our Christmas movies really did superb, like Elf or... or It's a Wonderful Life did okay, I think. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life did okay, and Die Hard did really well. But everything else just kind of didn't do so well. But for new movies, people keep coming. And I think that's just because... We don't need 5,000 people a night, but there's, as long as there's people who want to leave the house, who go on a date, who want to get the kids out of the house, that kind of thing. Or leave the kids at home and go out. Yeah, leave the kids at home, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But, and we have like events, like it's a non-movie thing, but Saturday morning cartoons, the last one we did was the best one we ever did. And so that one still is like, it did 300 people or something.
1: My oh my! And the
0: one before didn't do as well. Did like 150, but that's still very good. But I couldn't believe, and it was one of those ones where it was a trick. Where at 9:40, I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be our first flop Saturday morning cartoons." And then, without exaggeration, 225 people showed up in 15 (laughs) minutes, and it was nuts. It was just making change and that roller coaster ride of almost running out of money. And then people yeah. giving you exact change and that helping, or people yeah. paying in quarters and that helping, and then just the up and down of, oh, I'm out of money. Oh, no, I'm out of money. Yeah. So, yeah, we're definitely hanging in there. And last night I worked, and it was Nut did okay. It was like 40 people. But then Ladybird and Disaster Artists were both 150 people. And then the room was like 60 people. And it was hilarious because I think it was about 55 people who had never been to the room before and who didn't know to bring spoons or yell things. I think they knew, but I could overhear five people in the audience playing along and then the other people laughing at those people. (laughs) So that kind of screening would be like if you ever want to go to the room and actually kind of hear what's going on. These yeah. 9 o'clock showings we've had were perfect for that, I think. Yeah,
1: because you don't have 200 people yelling the same thing. Because oh when they God. all yell at the same time, it's very hard to make out what they're saying.
0: So. And there's times where, you know, not it's it's not a good movie, but you still kind of want to follow it. Yeah. And if you're watching it for the first time with 200 people screaming, it's just a mess. <laughs> like, yeah. There's not that... There's not that shadow cast to help things along, like with Rocky Horror. It might be somebody who's really drunk and just yelling nothing for two hours. Very true. So, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So this has been an interesting Christmas season with The Room and Disaster Artist. Did you come to see Disaster Artist here? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't seen it. It's fun when you see us on screen for like two seconds. (laughs) The Mayfair's on screen. It's quick, but it's kind of neat to be a part of that in our tiny little way. Yeah. That we might be... The Mayfair might be in an Oscar-nominated movie come a few <laughs> weeks from now. so That would be very, very cool. Yeah, so we can mention we're always distracted when I talk with Anya. We're <laughs> lucky we haven't just talked about your dating life yet. Oh. <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's to come. <laughs> That's to come, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. We are recording this on January 2nd or 3rd. And so this week coming up, we have Murder on the Orient Express... A few more screenings of Disaster Artist and Wonder Wheel. This is a week that's screwed up because we have Ottawa Film Society in here. Yeah. Which is, as we've mentioned, once a month we mention this is a blessing and a curse because they're a good client and they're here every month. But anytime you see something like, why is Murder on the Origin Express only on matinees? You're like, well, because we got stuck with that. Yeah, so that's next week. And then most of that stuff is all held over again. Disaster Artist is here till the 18th of January, so you have a little bit more chance to see that. Hot off the presses, I haven't even fixed it on the website yet, but we just got news that Tragedy Girls got cancelled, which is funny because on a rare time when we've done a few paper schedules in a row, this happens. So it's a good thing to point at for anybody who doesn't like that we do a weekly schedule is that because we have a few weeks in advance, now we're stuck with this. This is out there. So anyone looking at the paper schedule will see Tragedy Girls. It's often an interesting experiment because kind of you're like, oh, no one looks at the paper schedule anymore because nobody has complained. But Tragedy Girls got canceled just because uh, it was unavailable. It became unavailable at the last minute. They couldn't get us a DCP. So the good news for Disaster Artist fans is it's just going to allow us a couple more screenings of Disaster Artist, which will probably do better for us. It's too bad because I wanted to see Tragedy Girls. But this happens sometimes with independent distributors. Not to lay blame or anything, but just sometimes it happens. A movie's not available. Their schedule gets screwed up. So no Tragedy Girls on the horizon. What was the other one I was thinking about here? Oh, Dim the Fluorescence is a Canadian film shot in Toronto. And it looks funny. It's about people... It's funny because I have a friend who does this. Of Sometimes for spare money as an actor, you can get jobs doing corporate things. So this movie, Dim the Fluorescence, is about two women... Who have dreams of being actors but get stuck in this corporate thing where they will come in and do corporate improv of teaching people human resources things or how to things, yeah, that kind of stuff. And they want to make their boring corporate performances really exciting, so they add drama into it and they add <laughs> plot twists into it. Okay, looks really good. Nice Canadian, interesting Canadian yeah. female driven movie for the new year. Ooh. And then uh, call me by your name, which is a real big film festival movie. It's won at the Gotham Awards and San Francisco. So we have that coming up for a bunch of screenings. I know it did really well with our friends over at the Bytown. That's an Italian film we have coming up. So a lot of different stuff coming up, a lot of diversity. And then we'll have more stuff on the horizon. We already have a few stuff booked for the rest of the month. You can always check online. One thing we should mention is we have Rocky Horror Picture Show coming up on January 20th.
1: It is not the end yet.
0: Nothing is official, but it's a little scary. The only reason we don't have an official word yet of what's happening is I think everyone's on vacation still. That's why Lee had a program like three weeks. Yeah, if you listen to the last couple podcasts, you might have heard us talking about how Disney bought 20th Century Fox. Nothing official has come out yet, but Fox owns Die Hard, Plan the Apes... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sound. Aliens, Sound of Music, Sound of, Oh wow! Yep. <laughs> do you know what, what other classics do they own? They own every. Angry. <laughs> they own a lot of stuff.
1: So angry.
0: So thinking of the worst, we might lose Rocky Horror because Disney does not have a habit of letting old movies out to play. So nothing official yet, but just in case, come see Rocky Horror because it might be the last one. It might be the last one. We don't want to lose it. We're thinking the best and. You know, never say never. They could change their mind and be like, well, we are going to let the Fox library out, but we're not going to let our Disney classics out still. But we don't know.
1: Might not be able to do the Time Warp again, again, and again. It would be... I, It's in all of my textbooks for cinema. There's always a cult cinema section in my books, and it always has the Rocky Horror Picture Show. In all of my, like, thousand movies you have to see before you die, or, like cinema books like general things there's always Rocky Horror and I'm there and I'm like wow I really hope that Disney does not
0: yeah it's
1: I have actually just like books on the phenomenon that is Rocky Horror like I can't I can't imagine that they would I I I know that they can they they probably will and I was there and I was like but it's the culture Disney doesn't give two shits and it's like, but they'll make money. Disney already yeah. has enough money. Yeah. So I'm there and I'm kind of feeling, you know, upset. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, we, all we can Think do now positive. is hope for the best. And what I, I admit, I haven't Googled yet. I don't know if other theaters have popped up and chatted about this. And Because for me, it, just, it was just social media a month ago when the news came. And I admit, as a nerd, my excitement was oh, wow, Disney can finally make a good Fantastic Four movie because they have a very good track record with Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man of doing really good Marvel movies. Fox has done three pretty terrible Fantastic Four movies. So I was so distracted with nerd joy of that that I didn't even think of it. And especially, I admit I'm not the biggest Rocky Horror fan in the world, but I appreciate so much that we get to screen it all the time. I am the biggest diehard fan in the world, and the thought of us not being able to screen Die Hard at Christmas time that I did a little introduction a couple weeks ago, just cause I was here to watch the movie yeah. and I just basically got up and I said, Hey guys, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I just want to let you know, this might be a special night because this might be the last time we get to screen Die Hard at Christmas. And there was audible gasps in the crowd <laughs> because we forget we're on the inside, but there's a lot of movie nerds who don't follow stuff like that. They yeah. just come to see movies. Yeah. They just think we could show whatever we want to show. Yeah. And the thought of losing Rocky Horror and Die Hard especially, and Aliens, we show Aliens every once a year or every couple years. If anything, what I would look forward to is a bunch of people in drag and dressed like Tim Curry and in fishnet stockings protesting Disney Studios down in California or down in Florida.
1: I suggest that we all dress in drag and like throw dildos at their doors, but... That's just my take on it. We'll but, find um, out
0: soon because I'm, I'm assuming... So the last pre-programmed week we have is January 12th through the 18th. We usually program Monday for the following Friday to Thursday. So that means that very soon, Lee will get back on the programming bandwagon and talk to Fox and talk to Disney and get the word. Yeah. So we'll let everyone know as soon as we know. Maybe we could pre book february and march and april really quick and be like nope you already agreed to let us screen it
1: or just the whole year but we'll see i mean yeah but, I'm
0: just program the whole year <laughs> like, but
1: like i already know when it's going to happen because like i've already pre-booked it six months in advance at my other job oh yeah that's and that's what i was telling the cast the other day i was like wow well if this is canceled then i'm out of a job because like really the only shift that i regularly work is rocky horror because i know no one else particularly enjoys it and i love it right right And I'm there and I'm like, well, I'm out of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No reason to work here anymore. (laughs) We're going to have Sam on here sooner or later. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't want to think about it, but I'm like, can you shadow cast something else? Is there another classic film out there that is available?
1: What they were suggesting was maybe doing The Wizard of Oz but in their Rocky Horror costumes.
0: Ah. <laughs> I was
1: like, well, that would be interesting. So. Or what about
0: something like, you know, like a drive-in classic, like one of those, like, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. I guess you need something with music and stuff, really. Yeah,
1: well, they really wanted to do uh, Sound of Music, but that's also 20th Century Fox. Man,
0: but. it's something. It's, it's Yeah. People frequently ask, oh, are you going to show fill in the blank when something new of interest is coming out? And that's always the answer. It's like, no, we can't show Empire Strikes Back because it's in the Disney vault. And even from a completely different audience point of view than Rocky Horror or Die Hard, if we were allowed to screen Frozen once a month, it'd be crazy. It would make the money. Like, there's enough... It's a, it's a, a small drop in the bucket for the Disney empire, but it would make the money. And I don't understand why you don't want to make money, especially when it's so easy. Like, it's not like they're sending out film prints... Yeah. DCP is so easy to screen. Yeah. And the next generation, which is gonna happen I think, sooner than we think, is it's all gonna be links. Link digital. It's all gonna yeah, be downloading and stuff. So that makes their lives even easier.
1: Some distributors already have started doing that.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. And yeah, so we'll see. But you know, it's a scary thought, but we hope for the best for Rocky Horror in the next couple months. But Saturday, January twentieth, just in case, pretend that's the last one and come and have extra amounts of fun. In case we can't get it for February and beyond. And I believe, if I'm not
1: mistaken, it's the change-up show. So they exchange characters. So Brad plays Janet and Janet plays Brad.
0: Oh. Didn't they do that in November?
1: November, it's the hat trick. So they all, five minutes before screen time, they all pick out the names and they have five minutes to dress into that character and try to remember what the role is. The January show is like planned thing where they switch characters. Rocky is Frankenfurt and Frank is Rocky and vice versa, so so it should be an interesting show. And it might be Emily's last show. She's leaving to go to Vancouver and okay. start her career there. So
0: She's going to try to get into acting out there and stuff? I believe so. Cool. I believe
1: she's leaving after this show. Wow. We'll see. But uh yeah, so they might be looking for someone new to join the cast.
0: Who's left? Mark and Sam? Are they the old timers?
1: I believe so. I don't know how long Cassia has been there. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so we're going to wrap up soon. Do you want to give dating tips? Do you want to give uh, some dating updates? Tips.
1: More <laughs> like I'm asking for dating tips. Uh,
0: Good so, God. So you got tricked to go back online?
1: So New Year's Eve, I invite a bunch of friends over and apparently intoxicated me, said something about dating and I don't recall any of this because whatever, I was very intoxicated, but they made me a whole profile. And apparently they quoted me and during New Year's Eve I was like, oh, I'm wearing a dress but I'd rather be in a onesie. And so that's what they put as my tagline. So now I've got about 25 messages from all these randos asking me what's my favorite onesie or what's my favorite animal onesie. And I have all of these questions about onesies and to be honest, I only own two. And one of them is like for the Montreal Canadiens, i do not watch hockey. It's just that I was so fuzzy. And I'm like, oh goodness. (laughs) So anyway, I'm quite embarrassed now and I have to answer all 25 of these guys about how, like, I'm sorry, I'm not actually a onesie connoisseur. Like, (sighs) I don't know. And it's like, it's also weird because... I don't know what intoxicated me had suggested to them Or what they put as my settings And like what my preferences were Because all of these random people are coming up And I'm like what kind of preferences did they put Because also like they're just so much older than me Like I have some people that are 35 And it's like they could technically be my father (laughs) You know And then I'm I'm like I'm so
0: glad I missed all of this I'm just
1: (laughs) so excited to be married I just want to skip this whole dating thing just fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I said this months ago when we were on the same topic of conversation, and Gwen listened, and I got in trouble because it might have come out of my mouth the wrong way. But it's the best part. <laughs> it's like when you're married, you don't got to worry about all that other stuff anymore. Yeah. Just all the the stress of, oh, do you call now? Do you call later? It's the first date or the third date. It's-
1: well, you see... Now it's not even calling. Now yeah. it's all messaging and you can see when they were online oh. and you can see if they saw your messages and there's all of this extra pressure. And also, like, I'm a very particular type of person and I don't know how to write all of this in my profile and not seem like a sociopath, but like...
0: Yeah, it's tough.
1: Oh, I'm just so done. <laughs> well. And the thing is, it's, it's creepy if you go in a bar and you pick someone up. Like, nowadays it's weird if you talk to a stranger. Yeah. Who are you? What are you doing? It's more normal to talk with strangers online.
0: We'll get you married up. We'll get you.
1: I just want to skip to that part, you know?
0: Have you done speed (laughs) dating? No.
1: What is that all
0: about? My friend who is married and I and another friend who were both single at the time. Yeah. We were going to do a speed dating thing just for fun. And he was going to do it because he's a rogue. But we were going to do it. But... Were totally naive and we thought it would be almost like say like a trivia night where the incentive is to go it's a free event but you're gonna buy wings you're gonna buy a beer etc it was like 80 bucks and like a two or three drink minimum and we were like forget that what so like speed dating is if you i don't know say there's 30 of you yeah and you basically ring around the rosie yeah. and you chat for two minutes three minutes each and that's speed dating you know, so you kind of go around the circle and if you meet somebody you like, then you can get their email or whatever. I wanted to do it just for fun, but then I was like, ah, oh, it's too expensive. Yeah. And so I never did it. We never did it. But
1: I don't know, man. It's just weird. And also there just seems to be a type on these things. I don't know. I'm not a video game type of person and all of these people like serious gamer and they list off all of these video games and I'm like, I can never, they're going to think I'm so lame. And anyway, I'm just giving up hope. (laughs) (laughs) To
0: to the nunnery. Frustrated. Well. But
1: it's fine. But yeah, if someone's kind of normal, makes their bed and is clean and organized.
0: (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) Reads. I'm, I'm making, what did you say it was? My favorite onesie. Or what's your favorite onesie? I'm making that the title of this episode. <laughs>
1: yes, what's your favorite onesie? Well, I had, what's your favorite onesie? I had one that's like, what's your favorite pattern for onesies? And what's your favorite animal onesie? And I'm like,
0: oh my god. Creepy. Furries. Furries looking to get you.
1: I'm there and I'm like, oh, why did my friend. And I never even wear dresses. I just happened to wear that dress that one night. And I'm like, oh,
0: anyway. Trouble. I'm like... <laughs> What did I
1: start? And I can't just like it's the next morning I woke up and I got all these notifications and I was like, Oh good god. I was like, What did I do? And it wasn't me, it was my friends, but I was there and I was like, I can't just ignore these twenty five guys that took the time to write me a message. Sure you can at the same time. (laughs) Like Well, at
0: least all this makes good screenwriting material because (laughs) you'll get good romantic comedy stuff out of it.
1: Oh yes, for sure.
0: Yeah, so that's about it. We'll wrap things up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go check us out online. We're on all the things on the Twitter and the Instagram and the Facebook. Go visit our friends at House of Tiger across the street. they got a lot of good shows coming up. And uh, we'll see you here soon to watch some movies at the Mayfair.
1: If you have anyone to recommend, (laughs) hit me up.
0: Anya
2: (laughs) needs a husband.
1: Yes, please.
2: It's the night of the senior prom. The Bates High School gym is alive with excitement. Everybody is there, even Carrie White, the girl no one likes. Oh, sorry about this incident, Cassie. It's Carrie. And everyone makes fun of Carrie, Carrie. her, <laughs> the girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother. the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate hard enough,
1: I can move things.
2: But tonight, no one will laugh at Carrie. If you don't have a date for the prom next Friday, would you like to go with me? She's with the best-looking boy in the senior class. He's trying to trick me Kim. She'll be voted Queen of the Prom. You know, I can make sure that you don't hurt Carrie White anymore. For Carrie, it will be a dream come true. For everyone else, it will be a nightmare. (coughs) Carrie. A new film by Brian De Palma. Based on the chilling bestseller. starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and introducing John Travolta in his first motion picture role. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie.